You're listening to Common Threads, a podcast about ethical fashion, hosted by Ruth McGilt and Alice Cruikshank. Better for fascist greenwashing? Then you're in the right place. We go beyond buzzwords and PR peddling interviews and instead dive deep into what really matters. Each week, we break down the big issues with the help of some of the fashion industry's leading changemakers and thought leaders. Let's rethink fashion, one conversation at a time. Hello and welcome back to Common Threads. So in the sustainable fashion conversation and in activism more generally, we often hear this word system. But we're going to kick off today with a question. Have you ever thought about how to actually define the fashion system or what systemic change would really look like? Today's episode is all about taking a systems thinking approach to sustainable fashion to try and get to the bottom of these questions. So just to give a little bit of context before we play today's interview, systems theory is a way of describing how the ultimate goal of a system has the power to shape the direction of all the actions within it. So for the fashion industry, the goal could be to create beautiful things, to provide practical clothing, to fulfill a basic human need, to encourage human creativity, and all of those are maybe a small part of the fashion system. But arguably, the system as it stands is about limitless growth and profit. If we could change that goal, that core purpose, to centre around positive experiences for people on the planet, that goal could be woven into the fashion system from the root, through every part of every fashion business, and its direction would shift towards working towards this new goal. Exactly. So while this is all very theoretical, systems change is all about using this theory to help direct the actions that need to happen. So in fashion, this could be government regulation, this could be consumer activism or all manner of different things. A system is essentially a network of which fashion is a really large and complex network, but a system is also about the underlying culture, which of course fashion has a huge footprint on across all different parts of society. Common Threads is written, researched, produced and presented entirely by us. We put so much work into making this happen and we love making this content for you. But we need you to keep this podcast going. We would love it if you could help us keep the podcast free and accessible for everyone by donating the cost of a cup of coffee to our Ko-fi account. Head to ko-fi.com slash commonthreadspodcast to give a one-off donation of £3. Your support really means the world to us. Thank you. Now on to today's guest, who is an expert in this topic that we are desperate to dig our teeth into. So I first met Mary Lowe when we were volunteering for a local charity catwalk show before we enrolled on the same fashion course at uni in Aberdeen. And after graduating, Mary has studied a master's in social innovation. She's taken part in the School of Systems Change and the RSA and Ellen MacArthur Foundation's Rethink Fashion course. Mary is also a founding member of Sustainable Fashion Scotland. And during the pandemic, she's been instrumental in bringing together fashion practitioners across Scotland to build this community and strive towards collective action. 
It's a great open group and if you are at all interested in the ethical fashion community in Scotland, then we highly recommend registering for one of the monthly Zoom community calls. And in this interview, we chat with Mary about the challenges in the fashion system and what positive change could look like. Hi Mary, welcome to Common Thread. We are so excited to finally have you on. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to finally be here. I feel famous already. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to have you here. So this is a big topic. We're going to start with a big question. What does systems change mean? And why did you get interested in this line of work? So I have a definition of systems change. Um, Mine is systems change advances equity by addressing root causes of complex problems rather than symptoms. But basically, it's a process to radically transform systems so that they are kind and equitable. So I might break that down a little bit. So I said uh, complex problems, that's when we would use systems change. And complex problems are where there's not one solution. So it could be the climate crisis or racism or fashion and its negative impacts. You know, there's not one silver bullet solution to fix those. And we also look at the root causes of these problems because we need to understand the underlying structures that cause a system to behave in a particular way so that we can intervene at the root and cause kind of lasting change rather than temporary change. Um, And I also added in that definition that it needs to advance equity. And this is really important because we need to understand why and who we are actually changing systems for. So we often talk about kind of universal well-being for people on the planet. So if we are going to do that or if we want to achieve that, we need to make sure that all change efforts are equitable and take everybody's kind of unique needs into consideration. And a really good example of systems change recently is just COVID-19 and lockdown. Um, So I have a a quote from my dissertation supervisor because I wanted to give her a shout out. Um, But she is Dr. Elaine Rich and she teaches marketing at Glasgow Caledonian University. And she said that one of her students asked her or said to her, if we've managed to react and reconfigure systems for COVID-19, why are we not doing it for sustainability, which is just as pressing an issue? So I think that's really important to highlight because it shows that we can change systems. We have done it for COVID-19, so why aren't we doing it? And very quickly, to answer the second part of that question, the reason I'm so intrigued by systems and systems theory and all that is that the problems in the world can be very overwhelming. So looking for a systems lens helps me to understand the complexities so that I can actually take action rather than just feel paralysed by fear. Um, So it really gives me power and hope, whereas I usually just felt powerless and hopeless before. So that's why it makes sense to me and makes me feel uh, confident and able to contribute and make an impact. We love that, everything about that. And like, yeah, COVID-19 has shown that change can happen, but it's kind of hard to figure out what that change is and also where that change needs to be made. I mean, the fashion system, feels like a very abstract term. We kind of vaguely know what it means, but it's hard to qualify. So what does the fashion system mean to you? So I think you're right, it is a very abstract thing and it can feel quite, you can feel disconnected and detached from it, but we're all in the fashion system as well. So that's really important to to know, we're all part of it. And Danella Meadows, who was an environmental scientist and systems thinker and I'm like her biggest fangirl, um, she has a book called Thinking in Systems, which is a good kind of introduction to systems thinking and systems change. Um, she defined a system as an interconnected set of elements that is coherently organised in order to understand the system, like what that means and to make it feel real and tangible. We need to consider three things from that. So it's elements, interconnections and purpose. 
So all systems have these three things. And if we then apply that to the fashion system, if we look at the fashion system's elements or parts, that would be people, brands, clothing itself, farms, trade unions, all the individual parts, um, and then the interconnections or relationships between all these elements. So like supply chains, or even just how we value our clothing as individuals. Uh, and then the one that I'm most excited about is the purpose or objective of fashion. So this changes depending who you ask. It could be to express our identity or it could be to maximise profit for shareholders. So those three things make up a really kind of accessible framework to identify and understand a system. And um, so that's why I usually say to people when they ask, like, what is a system? I think that's the best way to make it make sense. Um, and like I said, I get really excited about the purpose because there's immense power there to change how fashion works and who it works for if we can change that purpose. Um, and also the fashion system goes beyond just the industry. So it means zooming out and looking holistically at what fashion has been across like history and even geographies. It's not just about industry or consumption or even just buying clothes. It like has been and can be so much more. So the question I'm kind of interested in is what purpose could we set for fashion that would direct us towards a sustainable, regenerative and just future? I think that's really exciting. Wow. Yeah, I'm just nodding like a chicken right now. <laughs> I think that's really interesting because I think we often see this word system used as a sort of stand in for the supply chain when the supply chain is just yeah like you say the industry and there are so many other ways to engage with fashion and I'm particularly interested in fashion history so I'm glad that you said that because it really is like such a such a culture more so than just a business um obviously usually when we're talking about the fashion system we're not talking about what's good about it we're talking about what's bad about it so I mean this is also a big question but in your opinion what are the main problems within how this fashion system is set up and you know how did we get here? So there's obviously a lot of problems with how fashion is set up but if we're talking about system change and looking at the root cause of these problems then that links to the purpose. So currently the dominant purpose of fashion in my opinion is its focus on economic growth and profit maximization for shareholders which has its roots in colonization which is something I'm only kind of beginning to learn about. So I can't say much more than that, but it's definitely important to highlight that, that that's where it comes from. And a quote that inspired my master's dissertation research, which is all about systems, um, was by Kate Fletcher. So she said, growth fashion is not understood for what it is, a business model tied to a specific set of economic priorities. We created it, we can create something else. Now that was in 2010, so that was a while ago, we've been looking into this. Um, but that really inspires me because what it shows us is that all systems have been designed, which means we can redesign them. And it also shows us that systems are subjective depending on our worldview and perspective. But this means that the narrative of the most power dominates. So that's why when people say the fashion system is broken or fashion is broken, I disagree. I don't think it's broken. I think it works really well for the people that designed it for the people that are in power, so the CEOs and shareholders of these big brands. Because I, I guess if you think of a jug and you smash the jug and you put it all back together, it would be fixed, but it would just be exactly the same as it was when it broke. So that just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> That's how I visualize it in my head. Um, and also people talk about overconsumption, which is a big problem, but I, I'm not totally sure on this, but I think it's a symptom of our focus on growth. 
because we're manipulated to buy more and more to line the pockets of the people in power. Um, so I think that's a symptom rather than a root problem. Um, and from my research, you know, I was kind of looking into that we need to challenge the entrenched structures, power relations, goals and values of this growth focus industry. And that together we can transform the rules and goals of fashion to create long lasting systems change. So it's very scary, sounds very overwhelming, but it is also exciting because there are lots of possibilities and opportunities for change. And it means we get to imagine a totally new future for fashion. So we need to design an alternative fashion system and then work together to make it our reality. And one way I say to people, if you're struggling to imagine what fashion could look like beyond its current state or to think outside of the box is look at what isn't working and then flip that. So currently fashion is very opaque and secretive. So what if it was transparent and open? Um, fashion is very competitive right now. What if it was collaborative? What would that look like? And again, like fashion is very exclusive and inaccessible to many people. So what would it look like if, if it actually was inclusive and accessible? And then kind of imagine from there what that could look like in real life. So that's how I like to encourage people to think outside the box. Oh, you're just building this like fashion utopia in my head. I absolutely love it. And I love how you see all of this as like a positive challenge and you're excited by it. But the fashion system is this huge all-encompassing beast. So how can we as individuals who know something's wrong, but we don't really know what to do about it, what can we do individually to make a change? So I get asked this quite a lot and depending whether I'm in a bad or a good mood in the day, the answer changes, but I've tried to make a positive one. So it basically it can be very overwhelming. Like often I do get up and feel quite anxious and um, working on that. But I think we just have to remember that taking on all the problems and the responsibility for all the problems of fashion as individuals won't help us. It'll just paralyze us from taking action. Um, and I have another quote from Sally Urin, who's the CEO of Forum for the Future, which is where I did my uh, systems studies. And she said, um, no one's life mission is to solve climate change. So that always makes me feel calmer when I am feeling stressed. I'm not doing enough or, you know, change isn't happening quick enough. Um, I think it's, I always remind myself that I'm not acting alone and that nobody is able to transform systems as an individual. We need to connect holistically and collaborate intentionally to create change together. And another thing to remember that I said is there's not one silver bullet solution. So there are multiple solutions out there and there's lots of people working on all these different innovative ways worldwide that together will kind of get us where we want to go. Um, but some practical advice is to focus on what you are doing and what you're able to do rather than worrying about what you're not doing and what you can't do in your current situation. So a really good way uh, to act on that is to join a community or a collective. So get involved with community action, make connections, learn from others and share your knowledge. Everyone has a role to play and we're stronger together. Um, and you can also support local fashion groups and businesses uh, that are innovating and doing things differently you know, kind of showing what the future could look like on a very small scale. Um, but they're proving that an alternative system is possible. So just supporting them, not so buying from them, but, you know, um, sharing their work and, and visiting them, that kind of thing, that can really help. And I would also say, don't worry about doing everything or doing it perfectly. Start from where you are and do what you can. The OR Foundation, who are, uh, they work in the Cantamanto market in Akrangana. And their goal is to catalyze a justice-led circular economy. But their mantra is act at your level of influence. 
so it's again just thinking about what you can do from your unique perspective and that'll change you know as your life changes as well and the world changes around you and most importantly I always this is something I'm trying to teach myself as well as to be kind to yourself and do remember to make time for joy celebrate how far you've come and all the experiences you've had along the way trying to make the world a better place and all the people you've you know had the pleasure of meeting and as you continue to learn and grow so I think that's also very important to break through the overwhelm oh I love that yeah I think it is so easy to get overwhelmed and we've talked about this like throughout every episode of the podcast like that idea of being perfect but again that comes from this system that values like individual actions and we forget that we actually are part of this collective this community even if it's not a formal community but you also gave me a good segue there because I wanted to ask you about your community which is sustainable fashion Scotland tell us a little bit about what that is you know how this work connects with that and you know what what's the sort of aims of sustainable fashion Scotland so SFS or Sustainable Fashion Scotland set up um, just before I actually discovered systems change. They kind of started around the same time and then they kind of began to align to each other, you know, as they both took off. And um, so we are a community led venture and our main aim is to connect the fashion community in Scotland. Also on the bigger long, you know, long term scale to facilitate a sustainable fashion transformation. And we do that through collective impact and knowledge exchange. That's kind of our current mission statement, which is evolving as we evolve as well. Um, and it was a, a few of us that started it in February 2020. We had a big launch event because it was before lockdown. There was 70 people um, and uh, we have a really good small core team. And I just wanted to give Lisa, my colleague, a shout out because her and I kind of do the day to day stuff and it, it wouldn't be anywhere where it is right now without her. So thanks, Lisa. <laughs> um, but basically we, we launched because we noticed that the fashion system in Scotland is very disconnected, but there are, you know, amazing people and organisations doing really incredible work for sustainability. So we just wanted to enable collaborations because we know that together we are stronger and collective action is the way forward. And so through our research and all the work that we've done, all our events, we really want to understand what the most impactful opportunities are for collective action and systems change, as well as the barriers. Um, but we're we're very positive looking at the potential and building on the strengths of the community rather than just focusing on the problems. We also don't just work with industry. We welcome and engage anybody that is interested in working in sustainable fashion. So that could be both individuals and also organisations or collectives and kind of groups. We have kind of five guiding principles that keep us on track and ensure we are equitable and community-led. So I developed those through my master's dissertation. But just a couple of those is we make sure we engage diverse perspectives and amplify voices of people in our community that are doing great work. That's really important for us. And we also aim to enable our community's capacity to thrive rather than selecting one or two specific ideas or people to support. So we try to improve access to networks, knowledge and resources so that, so that everyone has the opportunity to do their own work and do it well. Um, and I guess overall, our main aim is we want to enable the community to connect and collaborate so that we can create change together through collective action. But obviously that's big and scary. So we're, there's a few, few smaller things in there we're doing to work towards that. Um, and it's also exciting because we didn't set out to this initially, but from all the feedback we have received, we've got quite a nice uh, picture of 
how we could reimagine what fashion could look like in Scotland in future from what people have said they want or what change they want to see. And that'll help us to then start to design systems level strategies for the community to work on together. So it's all coming together. It's nice to see it um, happening, all the nice feedback. Yeah, it's really exciting. And you have perfectly led me on to my next question, which is how would you and um, Sustainable Fashion Scotland like to see the fashion system in Scotland evolve? I mean, we could debate fashion at large, but as you say, there's no silver bullet, but Scotland is a bit of a smaller community. This was a, a question we did for our magazine. So I have a little sentence prepared as well. Um, but I said in the future, I hope fashion in Scotland will be transformed beyond an industry of mass production and consumption, emerging in the mainstream as a practice with potential to strengthen community capacity, improve well-being, regenerate the environment and unlock and ca catalyze even more positive impact. So I don't know exactly what that looks like. I know that's quite vague, but that's just because there are so many possibilities and ways that we could go down, which again is very exciting. Um, and obviously I've got all the good words in there. So we've got I want it to be collaborative, connected, open, inclusive, accessible, joyful, kind, equitable. Um, that's a lot of the words that people have said to us as well when we've been you know, doing our research. Those are the things that keep coming up. Also, the focus on heritage and local production. There's so many people in Scotland that are working in local manufacturing production, even if it's on a small scale. So it's just about how we can connect all the different parts up um, to then work together. And I really do believe that together we can create an alternative fashion system in Scotland that is joyful for everybody. Um, and that keeps me hopeful. That's brilliant. And you've mentioned so many great resources, um, books and amazing people and communities. So we'll make sure to link to all of that, as well as the Sustainable Fashion Scotland magazine, which Alice and I have a little feature in as well. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely like educational. Like I feel like I've just attended a university lecture. So yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I loved that conversation and I'm always really energized to hear Mary talk about systems. She's written and talked about this all over the place. So we will link in the show notes to further resources for learning more about systems change in fashion, including a recording of a really great workshop that Mary hosted during Fashion Revolution Week. Yes, absolutely. Keep learning more and understanding how the system works so that we can better understand, well, how to make it better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Common Threads. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Common Threads Podcast, hit subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others discover our content. And if you learned anything from this episode, we'd love for you to donate via our Ko-fi link, which you'll also find in the show notes. See you next week.